the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. Now, what did he mean by that? Listen very closely. What Jesus was referring to were the masses of Jewish people who heard him teach. They heard him teach clearly. They saw his miracles, and yet they rejected him. They said he was demonic. They said this couldn't possibly be the Messiah, could it? Of course it was. In today's class, Pastor Steve will explain what Jesus was teaching his disciples about those who reject him as Savior and Messiah. They will drift farther and farther from the truth and become harder and harder to reach with the gospel. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This is a daily Bible class where we presently are studying the parables Jesus gave as recorded in Matthew chapter 13. This is the third part of Pastor Steve's first message in this series and is entitled The Parable of the Sower, the Seed, and the Soils. We're glad you could join us. At the end of the program, I'll tell you how you can receive a copy of the newly published book being offered by Verse by Verse. It contains some of the best of Steve's messages from the last 30 years of his ministry at Lakeside. Let's get ready for our class discussion now. Here is Pastor Steve. Notice verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Now, understand the Lord's disciples were not asking him to explain why he used this new form of teaching as if this was a new and novel way to communicate. As we said, they were very familiar with the concept of parables. It was very common for a rabbi to teach this way. So they're not asking him, why do you teach in parables? What they're asking him is, why do you teach them, unbelievers in parables? Why are you suddenly speaking so many parables to the crowd of people when they don't have a clue as to what you're talking about. They don't understand. They, they want to know why he's using this teaching method when the people couldn't possibly understand what he's teaching. The thought is this, every teacher wants to be understood. Teachers work very hard at being clear, at least they should. Why would Jesus, as the, the expert of all teachers, the teacher of teachers, use a teaching technique that most people didn't understand, the content of his teaching? Why did Jesus give so many parabolic stories to all of these people who were not believers if they couldn't understand the deeper meaning of these stories? And I might add the disciples only understood what Jesus meant because he explained it to them. He did not interpret it for the crowd. He explained it to them. So that's a very valid question. And the answer, folks, is some of the most profound and significant teaching you'll ever find in the New Testament. Jesus went on to answer it in verse 11. Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been granted. 
The Lord here gives two reasons for why he changed his method of, of teaching from being very straightforward and clear and obvious to parables, when the vast majority of the people wouldn't understand what he was talking about. Two reasons. Reason number one, Jesus said, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That is to say that one of the reasons that Jesus spoke in parables is because God has graciously given us, given believers, understanding about previously unrevealed truths. This is a gracious concession by the Lord. He has given us truths that, that not even the Old Testament prophets knew about. In other words, Christ's purpose in giving these parabolic stories was to help us, his disciples, understand what the church age would be like. That is a gracious thing that the Lord has done. In his, in his sovereignty and grace, he has given us insight into this age because they reveal many important truths about what we can expect during this kingdom church age. For example, some of these parables help us to understand, as we said before, why there are so many people who claim to know Christ, but they seem to fall away. Why is that? Why is it, the parables will tell us, why there are so much gospel preaching going on? And think about that. There's never been more gospel preaching than today. Missionaries and books and radio and some television and, and pulpit preaching and, and people evangelizing. Why is it with the media the way it is today that the gospel can go anywhere, basically, on this planet? Why is it that there's such limited response, the parables tell us? Still other parables explain the high cost of being Christ's disciple. What is the cost of, of following him? There are other parables that explain what will happen at the end of this age to all those who claim to know Christ but really didn't. And so the first reason Jesus gave for speaking in parables was he said that they were given to reveal some very profound theological concepts to his disciples by using very familiar terms and word pictures that everybody could grasp. That's reason number one. Reason number two is a little bit harder. The second reason that Jesus gave for speaking in parables was he said to conceal the truth, the truth about the kingdom from unbelievers. Notice the end of verse 11. This is precisely what he meant when he said, but to them, the them being unbelievers, in contrast to his disciples, it has not been granted. What Jesus is saying is that his purpose in speaking in parables was to conceal the truth about his kingdom from the unbelieving multitude. In other words, while everyone that day heard the same stories that came from his lips, both believers and unbelievers, only Christ's disciples would be given the capacity to understand their spiritual meanings, but not those who had rejected him. Now remember, those who had rejected him were not sincere seekers of truth. Don't, don't get the impression that Jesus is holding back information from people who want to know about it. He's concealing truth from people who had already hardened their hearts. They don't care about it. They don't, they're not interested. They don't want to know about it. And this is a judgment upon them. To unbelievers, these parables sounded just like uh, stories about everyday living in Israel. And to some the parables would have sounded like nonsense. They didn't make any sense. They were like riddles about everyday life in Israel. They had no meaning to them. Believers understood them. Unbelievers did not. 
Now, why would Jesus use a teaching method that unbelievers could not understand? Well, that's what he goes on to explain in the following verses, verses 12 and 13. For whoever has, he said, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them, the them once again being unbelievers, in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. What Jesus means by these words is that his disciples, when he says, whoever has, those are his disciples, his followers, those who already have salvation, they understand salvation truths, will continue to receive more understanding of God's word. That's a great truth for us to grasp. If you have recently come to faith in Christ, there's more to follow. We don't just know about the gospel. We don't just know about salvation. God has given us his complete word. In other words, in addition to what his followers already knew, they would know more because he would enable them to understand the meanings of the parables. If you know Christ, you're going to be able to understand the meanings of these parables. That wasn't the case, nor is it the case today with those who did not believe. Jesus pronounced, and note this, this is what this is about. This is a judgment upon the masses of Jewish people who had willfully rejected him, stubbornly rejected him, not because they wanted to know the truth, but because they didn't want to know the truth. He said that they, whoever does not have, meaning they do not have salvation, whatever spiritual truth they had would be taken away from them. Now, what does he mean? What did he mean by that? Listen very closely. What Jesus was referring to were the masses of Jewish people who heard him teach. They heard him teach clearly. They saw his miracles, and yet they rejected him. They said he was demonic. They said this couldn't possibly be the Messiah, could it? Of course it was. Now watch this. Those who rejected Christ as their Messiah and King, who had the very epitome of truth standing in front of them, sadly, tragically, Jesus said, will drift further and further away from the truth. Whatever spiritual light they once had by hearing him teach will be taken away from them as they move deeper and deeper into spiritual error and darkness. And that's precisely why Jesus said that he spoke to unbelievers in parables because even though they heard and saw him teach, they would not comprehend the meanings of these stories. As I said, they were just interesting stories to them. Some even even riddles, but not profound kingdom truths. Now, folks, what the Lord is talking about here very clearly is that he has pronounced a form of judgment, not just on anybody in general, though it certainly has application for all, but specifically on the Jewish people for their rejection of him. That was not intended by Jesus to be an anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish statement that would breed hatred, against Jewish people. The Bible very clearly teaches God's passionate, deep, intense love for the Jewish people. And he said that one day they will be saved. All Israel, Paul said in Romans 11, will be saved. So this was not intended by Jesus to incite wrath against the Jewish people. But the fact of the matter is, is this, the Jewish people who had been given more spiritual enlightenment from the Old Testament and from his presence than any other people on this planet are the most confused people 
on this planet when it comes to spiritual truth. That is the history of the Jewish people. Frankly, today, most Jewish people reject the Old Testament, and either they embrace a religion of man-made traditions, or, or else they are totally secular in their orientation. The following statement comes from John MacArthur's commentary on Matthew, in which I think he really nailed it as far as the spiritual orientation of the Jewish people today. Listen to what he had to say. To this day, no people on earth are more religiously disoriented than Jewish people. Now remember, this is what Jesus said would happen. Whatever they had, it would be taken away. They were called to be God's people, he writes, given his promises, his covenants, his laws, and his immeasurable blessings. They were even sent his only son as one of their own people to teach, heal, comfort, redeem, and deliver them, but they would not have him rule over them because they rejected God's perfect light, even the light they had went out. And everything in their religion lost its true meaning. The temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, and with it the priesthood and the sacrifices. The ceremonial and sacrificial requirements of their covenant with God could no longer be met, but since that time, Jewish people have continued to follow various aspects of their ancient religion without prophets, priests, kings, temple, or sacrifices. Even those who call themselves Orthodox believe and practice only a small part of what their own scripture teaches and commands. The conservative and reformed branches of Judaism believe and practice even less. Most Jewish people do not even try to make sense out of most of the Old Testament. For most, all that is left is a non-religious tradition. He is exactly right. There is an old saying that if you ask two Jewish people their opinion, opinions, you will get five answers. Well, that is even intensified if you ask about spiritual things. You, there, there is no conformity of what a Jewish person believes, depending on who you speak to. One might say, well, I think there might be a heaven. No, I don't know if there's a heaven. No, I don't believe the Bible. No, a Messiah? No, I don't believe in a personal Messiah. Maybe there's a messianic age. No, I don't believe in a messianic age. I'm telling you, they are the most confused people on the planet who have had some exposure to spiritual truth. And it's, why is that? Because Jesus pronounced a judgment upon them. Now, listen. The Lord certainly was speaking directly concerning the nation of Israel, but this principle is broader than that. It applies to individuals, those who have had clear Bible teaching, but who have hardened their hearts against Christ and his word. What they will discover is that they understand less and less of the Bible. Children raised hearing the gospel and in Bible teaching churches, if they reject the truth and harden their hearts, they will grow up where it will be nonsense to them. Or someone who sat as an adult in a Bible teaching church, it's very common to hear that person who has rejected the truth week after week. You'll hear them often say something like, like this, I don't understand the Bible at all. It makes no sense to me. Now, I understand there are some naughty theological issues in Scripture that not even the greatest theologians can can perfectly grasp, but for someone to not have a clue as to what the Bible is about after hearing it reveals that they have a hardened heart and God has judged them. They are drifting further and further from the truth. What has been given to them has been taken away from them. So they have less and less. They had the plain truth and now it makes no sense to them. And so Jesus revealed that the reason that he spoke to these Jewish unbelievers in parables was because this was God's judgment 
upon them. They would physically hear the parables, but they would not understand them. Why? Because in rejecting his clear teaching, God was judging them so that all they heard in parables sounded just like riddles that they couldn't make any sense out of it. Folks, it's a judgment from God. It is not a small matter to trifle with the word of God. You do not stay stagnant. You are either moving closer to an understanding of of his word and him or moving further apart. You do not stay in the same place. And Jesus, as he goes on to say, this particular form of judgment was actually prophesied in the Old Testament and fully fulfilled in his day. Notice verses 14 and 15. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. In the case of Israel, he's saying, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. This is, as I said, a quote from Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah was commissioned by God to go and speak to the people, but they would not understand. And that's exactly what, what happened in his day and what happened in Christ's day. God judged the nation in the Old Testament in Isaiah's time for ignoring him. And just as they refused to listen to the prophet Isaiah and couldn't, couldn't understand what he was even talking about. Therefore, God judged them so that they, they could not understand the prophet anymore. So Jesus is saying, now that's completely fulfilled. It was partially fulfilled in Isaiah's day. Now it's completely fulfilled because now they would hear me speak in parables, but they're judged. They would not understand what he was saying. On the contrary, though, those who have come to Christ for salvation will be able to understand not only his word, but specifically the meanings of these parables. Notice verses 16 and 17. But blessed, notice in contrast, but blessed are you and blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see them and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What a wonderful statement. You know what Jesus is saying? Regardless of your level of education, whether you know a lot, whether you've been to Bible school or seminary, or you haven't been to Bible school or seminary, or you maybe dropped out of school, regardless of your level of education, if you are a believer in him, you can understand God's word and you can understand the parables that even these brilliant Pharisees and scribes could not understand. The most learned Jewish rabbis who reject Christ can't understand what you and I can understand. That's what the Lord is saying. Notice, you know what? Look at verse 51. They did understand that these fishermen and farmers who had never been to theological school, had never been trained theologically, grasped it. Verse 51 says this. Jesus said after giving them the parables, he said, have you understood all these things? And they said to him, Yes. Now, I don't believe they understood every single thing in the parables, but they understood the basic issues. They understood the basic meanings. These disciples weren't more intelligent than the Pharisees, and you and I are not more intelligent than the scribes and and Pharisees, but they understood Jesus, and you can understand Jesus if if you know him. Whereas the brilliant Pharisees, with all of their PhDs in rabbinical training, could not. 
So you don't ever need to be intimidated because you think, well, I've never been to Bible college, never been to seminary, I haven't taken Greek, I haven't taken Hebrew, I can't understand the Bible. Listen, the Pharisees and the scribes, they had all kinds of training, but they were spiritually blind. So don't be intimidated by that. Don't feel like you can't understand. You can understand because Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will enlighten you. Now, I'm not saying education is a bad thing. I sit on the board of the New Expositor Seminary that will be starting. Education is a wonderful thing. Theological education is wonderful. But that's not the key to understanding Scripture. The key to understanding Scripture is being a believer. Once you're a believer, you can grasp God's Word. But if you cannot, and if you sit through these lessons on the parables and they don't make any sense to you, then you have to consider, have I ever really been converted? If they sound like nonsense, or if you read the Bible and you say, as one person I know, I've read the Bible, I just don't understand it at all. It makes no sense to me. If it makes no sense to you, then you need to turn to Christ in repentance and trust him to be your Lord and Savior. Because a believer understands the Bible, at least the basics of Scripture. And not only, Jesus said, can we understand the Bible, but he said we are, we are blessed because men in the Old Testament and women in the Old Testament who wanted to see more truth did not. That's what he said. Notice verse 17 again. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, King David. They desired to see what you see. Kingdom age truths, these, these truths that were not revealed to them. And Jesus said they did not see it. They, they didn't understand the specifics about him to see what you hear and did not hear. You and I are a blessed people. You and I have been given the word of God and we dare not neglect the word of God. It, you and I are living in an age in which we have the complete revelation of scripture. The canon is closed. God has given all he's going to give. And I really believe you and I need to never take for granted the blessings we have. You are in a church that teaches the Bible. So take advantage of every opportunity. Don't take it for granted. Be in a Sunday school fellowship. Be here Sunday morning. Be here Sunday evenings. If you can, be involved in a class on Wednesday night. Don't take that for granted because Jesus said we are blessed. The greatest of all prophets in the Old Testament did not have the opportunity to hear and understand what you can hear and understand. Let's bow for prayer. You and I, the next few weeks and months, are in for a great treat as we study the parables of the kingdom. But you first have to make sure you really know Christ. Make sure you know him and make sure that you approach these studies with an open heart. Otherwise, you will not comprehend these profound truths. So are you a believer? Or is the the Bible a book that makes no sense to you? If it makes no sense to you, then you need to know the author. Turn to Christ today for salvation. Repent of your sin and trust that When he died, he died for you, and you need him as your Lord and Savior. I urge you to do that. Father, thank you for allowing us to study the word of God. Lord, help us to be a people who never take for granted the unique opportunity we have to study and learn and draw closer to you, Lord, not, not even the Old Testament prophets, not, not even John the Baptist understood what we're about to understand. 
And I pray that you will motivate all of us to be actively involved in studying the word on our own, our devotions, our study time, Sunday mornings, evenings, Wednesdays, may uh, Sunday school fellowships, may studying the Bible never be a burden to us, but a joy and a, and a delight. Lord, I pray that for some here who will not be able to understand these parables, that you'll show them that they are sinners in need of a Savior, that they'll turn to you. And as a result of our study, Lord, I pray for some to come to know you. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Those are sobering thoughts for us to consider, Pastor Steve. Thanks for today's class. One of the resources Pastor Steve was talking about is a newly published book, Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd. It is a 207-page paperback book featuring landmark sermons from Steve's ministry at Lakeside Community Chapel. This book will be sent to you for a contribution of any size to verse-by-verse ministries. It's our way of saying thank you for your faithful prayer and financial support. Request the book by writing to Verse-by-Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Or call us at 727-239-0306 to request your copy. You may also contribute online at our website, versebyverseradio.org. That phone number again is 727-239-0306. Our email address is contact. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.